Welcome to Dudes of Beers Podcast, episode 31. I am Joe, and joining me are my co-hosts, Matt. Me. And Darren. Me. <laughs> the video version can be found on Facebook and YouTube. The audio version can be found on all major podcasting platforms. Please visit DWShow.com for all of our links. On this show, we'll be discussing the Ford Electric Crate Motor, Fusion Energy Milestone, Tesla Dojo Supercomputer, an autonomous 7-megawatt-hour electric cargo ship to make a crewless maiden voyage, Amazon to open retail stores, and in here in Ohio, too, and how Intel is helping the power grids battle with climate change. So we got some got some cool stuff. Um, exciting news. I mean, we had a podcast two weeks ago. Um, I haven't really had anything happen in the last two weeks, you guys. No? Pretty boring. Which is, that's okay sometimes, you know. Busy and summer, dog days of summer, so not a ton going on. It's been warm here in Ohio. It has. I'm oh ready. I'm ready for some fall. That is for sure. What are we drinking, Darren? Uh, we are drinking a raspberry beret from Streetside. It's got a cool looking. Yeah, I I'm love a, the I'm I love a, the color. It's got that red, like raspberry tint. It is a 16 fluid ounce, and it is 4.5 ABV. And it was delicious. It was nice and tasty and refreshing after a hot day. And they are in Cincy, right? Oh, wow. This is from April. That's why it's mellowed out a little mm-hmm. bit. I think it's still pretty good. Yeah. Being older. And Matt, what do you drink? Old staple. Get old standby PBR. Yeah. Mm. That's my go to. I didn't get invited to the We drank the last street two. side. Well, there was a couple drink. of. Uh, you want a sip? Nope. What was the other two that were in there beside that? Um, can't take a sip of your beer. It's COVID right now. You're vaccinated. I'm vaccinated. Doesn't mean I can't not get it. <laughs> there was, uh, what were the other two in there? The uh, there were the, the Martian. Yeah, the, the Martian. Rainbow Martian. Rainbow those Martian. are sours as well, if you want one of those. No, nope, um, not just drink PBR. What have you guys been up to the last two weeks? Me, just working. Um, haven't done a whole lot. Um, editing videos, things like that. We, uh, if you are, if you have watched any of our beer drop episodes, episode five went live earlier today, um, which we filmed uh, after the last podcast. Some pretty, some pretty good beers on that one. Mm-hmm. Um, go yeah, check yeah. that one out. We had a, we had our first guest as well. My uh, brother-in-law, Adam, uh, joined us for those beers. Um, we'll be doing that again in t- about two weeks when we get the next the. Next shipment is getting ready to ship now. Um, we just selected it. So two weeks we'll be doing the next one. I think Darren's got to be the, the busiest out of all of us. Always. He's he's still working on the uh, the the, uh, the deck. Yeah, but I see, the, close, I see right? the, the light. The light at the end of the tunnel. I just got a little bit of trim work left to do, and, and it'll be uh, done. Nothing too hard and strenuous. It's just... Time consuming when you do trim because you gotta. I see. Nice. <laughs> I seen Liz's uh, Snapchat yesterday um, when it was raining, and that's the first time I'd seen that fan, and uh, you could hear it. Man, that thing was just. I think is. Would you say it's fifty two? No, it's a it's a seventy two. Seventy two inch. That thing. Did you see your Snapchat? I mean, it doesn't look that big under there right. because it's such a large um, right. deck, but I could hear it. Yeah. <laughs> when it was uh, when it was running. It looks good, like everything that you, you know. All this, I mean, I've I've seen your Snapchats and stuff because I haven't been over there. In, I don't know what two, three weeks when we were over there. 
Yeah, easily. But uh, yeah, you got the steps and. Are you putting railing up around? Just uh, no, nope, not right now. Because it's um, not. It's only what about? It's less it's than eighteen eight, inches. It's eighteen inches. It 18? So code code in Ohio is anything under 30? two two feet. All two feet. You don't have to have railing. Because if you fall, and there's and then all of that is uh, plants and bushes yeah. and stuff anyway. So hopefully nobody's going to try to jump off through. Right, that. and you know I I don't. He wanted to do like a black wrought iron, and I'm like I'm just trying to talk him out of it because that whole open feel, yeah. you know, it just and then that way maybe in the future it could make slide in panels that where they could put the panels in and then screen it or something. Screen it and use yeah. it for. Or, or put plastic in to, to make it more cold weather. Yeah, um, that's, that's that'd be point. nice. Yeah, yeah, because uh, but, yeah, that's all they'd have to do is like maybe get some. Yeah, but it was it was super nice because it was raining the other day, and I was I was finishing some of that trim in the on the inside, mm-hmm. and it was pouring, and like literally like this much of the deck on the inside. Speaking of pouring, <laughs> yeah, it's it's raining on and off here, so lights just flickered a little bit, but, but we, we stayed live. But maybe 18 inches mm-hmm. inside the deck got wet all the That's way around. Cool. Yeah. So can you get like um? So like I got that sliding green green screen. Do they make like screens? Like oh, a screen I'm, curtain. I'm sure they do. And you could get some of those and just like put them in the corner and then kind of that would be cool. I'm sure they make. That way you could open it up when you didn't need them or whatever. Mm-hmm. What about you, Matt? What do you meant to last two weeks? I'm not done. Oh, you're not. What else you got? Well, I started school. Oh yeah yeah yeah. Yeah. I just watched your video, so yeah. so how we didn't see any. I don't feel like I saw any of your reaction to him. Like, how how was it for you guys? Uh, well, the little butthole got on the bus and didn't even look behind. <laughs> yeah, because when Liz sent me, he that, didn't wave. No, no. Liz, I said, no. I said, bye, buddy. We love you. And he just didn't even look back. Nothing. Even when he got in the seat, he didn't. No. No. He was like, see ya. See ya. I'm was, on the bus. <laughs> Aw. When, when Elizabeth put it on Facebook, I commented and I was like, she's like, bye, buddy, love you. And I was like, he's like, see ya. Didn't he? Because like, <laughs> yeah. he didn't even look yeah, he around. Did, he, he did He didn't even and... just right up the steps, went to the second seat on the far side, sat down. That was that was all she wrote. He was ready to go. Huh. I mean, Madison started third grade, and even this year when she was on the bus, she still, uh, you know, here, waved. Here's the difference. Girl, a boy. <laughs> and he's Arlo ready. is he's all to, boy. He's ready to get out. <laughs> he is all boy for sure. But the first day he came home, man, he was whipped. Good. Was I mean, he was wore out. Good. Yeah. Uh, he, he needs that. Has he? Has I, I've seen your video from the first day and everything. What about the rest of the week? Did he? So, have, uh, so the uh, so that he went on Tuesday and didn't go on Wednesday. And then, oh, because they do like and a then half he and half. went on Thursday because the the half the class went on Monday and yeah, on Wednesday, Tuesday. and then he went on Tuesday and Thursday, and everybody Friday, and then everybody Friday. Today. So yeah. he got to meet How his whole that? class. He came home and he was tired. <laughs> you could tell. How many does he have in his class? Uh, I think they have nineteen in that that's, class. That's pretty good. That's a good. I yeah. think I'd say any you know fifteen to twenty is yeah more than that. That would be tough. Hmm. Yeah. But yeah, it was it was fun. I got him a little cake and yeah, I seen that. some That's cookies cool. and yeah. If you guys uh, follow uh, up up at Darren's YouTube page in the show notes, but he put a little first day video. I seen you changed your name finally too. Yeah, but I can't. It will not for the love of me. It will not change on Facebook. I've I've tried. It won't let you. It or? will not let me change my name on my Facebook page. Weird. 
Yeah. But you changed ours on yeah. Facebook? Yeah, let me Didn't you have yours. to apply for that, though? No, that was um. See, I had I I that's what I had to go. Oh to yeah, or, I did. And it and but it, it still it, it was like immediate though. Oh, mine still is just pending. So it's just review. Yeah. Okay. I don't understand why. I don't. Yeah, I don't know what. I don't know why it would take longer. Because like, ours it was on like almost like an automatic review, but and it went right through. But I think I'm going to change my name on YouTube again. <laughs> just use and, your name. And no, I well that's the problem, because Darren Murphy. If so, you type Darren so, Murphy, sorry, there's yeah. that doctor that oh, is asked Darren, and if you type in Darren Murphy, I mean, that's it's spelled exactly like my name and everything. How many videos does he have? Uh, a lot. Okay. Yeah. So and say, like, if I'm sure if you, so as you come, make more videos, you'll rank higher. Right. But, yeah. but I, I, do, I don't want to – it's too hard. I We were at that place in Maryland. We were at our friend's house. Yeah. Somebody was trying to find my page. They couldn't find gotcha. my page. I had to give him a specific – video to search for so they could Dude. find my page. Really? I, I, I always just put Ask Darren and it usually is the top one. Well, if you type Ask Darren, it pulls up that chiropractor that's named Ask Darren. I just, maybe I just never realized it. Hmm. Uh, it's weird. Anytime I've ever searched for it, I have to his go. Is for, his is always first and I have to go through like 20 of his videos before I even see one of mine. Weird. I'll have to check that out. So. Hmm. Anything else? No, I'm good. Even with all mm-hmm. the views on that paint sprayer, it still mm-hmm. doesn't still doesn't come up higher. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm up to 152 subscribers though. Nice. There you go. Yeah, not at Joe's level yet, but it's my level. You ever 700 now? Nope. Like six nineteen or something. Okay. I think we're at like 280. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Pretty awesome. Going places, going places, fellas. Growing, growing, growing. If not, I'm definitely enjoying the journey. It's fun. of wherever we're going. I'm not gonna lie; it is, it is, it is. You know, it is work, but I like doing it. I like talking to you guys about this stuff. So, you know, last last podcast was a little rough. Nine, yeah. <laughs> nine articles. <laughs> that's that's just because I well, hurt, hurt Matt's feelings. Well, and we it was a month in between podcasts yeah. too, so that was a. Uh, that was another reason. I don't have feelings. Yes, you do. No, I don't. Yes, you do. No. You got you got basic white girl feelings. <laughs> so Madison, third grade? Third grade. Yeah. Now does um her school system is it K is it K through six or K through five? And five. Then, she go, then she goes to middle school, six, seven, and eight. I think there's just a Or is it like a sixth grade, grade and then a and seven then and eight? Seven, eight, um, yeah. Okay. That's cool. Yep. Anything else been going on the last two weeks? That you, uh, I know I've seen you going to Jungle Gyms a few times. What? Or is that just Megan going there without you? <laughs> That's Megan going without me. Because she gets, she, she's been checking out all these cool beers there. You check, what? You, were, you were there a couple times. I was there last Friday because Megan's birthday was on the 23rd, so mm-hmm. I got her birthday dinner oh, okay. stuff. Yeah, that looked um, good, too. Uh, yeah, I had a beer there, but... No, Megan, Megan celebrated the birthday. Did that on Saturday. If you want to call it celebrating, I don't know. She didn't really ask to do anything, so she's old woman. Now. We didn't. No, she's probably a lot like her mom. She she wants people to do stuff for, her, but won't won't really say anything. But she's like super chill. So it's like whatever. From interestingengineering.com, Ford uh, teases a DIY. Uh, electric crate motor. 
I always thought that was um, really funny because they have to, to capitalize DIY and then it's ERS. Oh, yeah, because they said DIYers. DIYers. Um, and it says, uh, this is from, it says Ford Performance Twitter account. I didn't know they had a Ford Performance Twitter account. And this was like a, like a cat or something. Is that what that would be? And it says Ford will soon offer electric crate motors. Um, I mean, is this, I didn't see in here because this is, it was a pretty short article. Yeah, it was a really short article. Um, and it says they will, they will have it on display at SEMA yeah, this fall. This when is SEMA? Is it it's usually October, in the fall, September? Yeah. Um, well, what I want to know, and I don't remember seeing it in here, is this, are they using this in, in, in production models? I or is do. it just for like the DIY I, stuff? I, I don't know. It never really said, but it said this is from their performance thing. And, you know, they got what, what I think is awesome is they're, they're the people that build the big motors and everything are like, let's build a high performance electric motor that yeah. you can just throw into anything. Is it say, yeah? So we were talking about last episode about all the F one hundred and fifty sitting at Indianapolis Speedway. So they have seventy thousand cars waiting for microchips right chips. Now. So how many? Are, I mean, I would think Indy is probably just a, I don't know, five to ten thousand. They can't be more than that over there. I, I don't know. But where are the rest of? That's why. Like, where are uh, they putting through, all these throughout, things throughout throughout the United States? It's I just mean, crazy. It is crazy, and and what what's even crazier is, I, was was it you guys talking about? Somebody, somebody I was talking to was talking about that that Indy's making more money. Yeah, storing, I, yeah, that's okay. what I. So, well, somebody else told me that at well, when I went and picked up the beer last week, they were like, you know, they were they were debating whether or not they would even have races next year because well, it depends on when they can get these trucks out too. But they're making more money off renting the space to Ford right now than they are if they would have races. I just don't. It just blows my mind. <clears throat> How is that? Like yeah, I don't know how, if they're charging them by vehicle or what, how they're charging them, or if it's just like a flat fee. Like I, I yeah, haven't but, seen any of those details. But are but. these all these trucks that are done? They're going to have to be sell, sold as used. Will they? Why? They're not titled. Yeah, it, I don't it, know how that works. But they'll be a, a year plus older. Yeah, I'm sure they, they'll, they'll they find a way. But I thought that. your truck was already a year old when you leased but it. it. Was, but it was sitting on the lot. Hmm. Well, maybe they have some kind of. I don't know. Sanction thing just, of yeah. this is Ford's lot. I don't know. <laughs> I, I, I don't know. I mean, but but I mean, do you want a truck that's that's going to be two years old, brand new, two years old? You're sitting out there baking in the yeah. sun for who knows how long. Yeah. I mean, you no, you have a point, but I'm just saying, like, it not being titled. I mean, they are, can legally yeah. still sell it as new. But are they going to go out there and wash them? I don't know. You know, I mean, how 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 nasty is the some paint? of the from some Ford, of the pictures I Ford's, seen, they were, looked like they were they were so close together. I don't even think you could just, you could barely walk between. Ford's them. paint yeah. is not the greatest. Well, it's better than Tesla. <laughs> uh, I don't know. Marginally, if, if you look at my black car, it, it yeah. scratches. Well, all paint's gonna truck. scratch, but no, no, not Tesla's. Is super, I think it's the California law things where they they can't use anything but water based paint. And I don't know. Stuff, I've seen but, some really good water based. That yeah. hold up good, so maybe the uh, Joey's car is a little bit better because it's got the pearl coat because it's got the two coats, and then the red is a, a multi coat. Multi coat. Is yep. it two or is it more than two? I wonder how, how much thicker it is. But anyway, yeah. Sidebar. So from their from their Twitter, they were talking about um, you know electric vehicles are definitely going to be the greener option, which we yeah, we all we know that. Um, 
While the Rimac Nevera promises performance and the Tesla cars are all about range and comfort for the family, it is dif- difficult to give up your beloved car. When it has served you so well all these years, we are willing, um, if you are willing to be just a little bit of interest in the near future, you can simply swap your internal combustion engine for an electric one from See, Ford. That, that, when I read that, I'm like, no, you, you, <laughs> okay, yes, you could simply swap it out because I'm sure someone's going to make a engine mount kit for these electric motors. I thought, uh, but where is the battery pack going to go in yeah. your beloved car you don't right. want to get rid of? You're not going to have a it, trunk. <laughs> did, I mean, what do you think of that little little tiny bus thing I sent you guys on TikTok? That's pretty cool. I said I said that would be a perfect electric vehicle. Like oh, that honest, white that like white drop thing? one of these yeah. bad boys. And drop there. one of those in there. That I thing mean, would that thing would haul some. Yeah, book. yeah. Um, and it says you know if you're still really hung up on gas powered engines, Ford also offers a twin turbo variant of its V8 <laughs> Godzilla. <laughs> but we definitely recommend to wait on this till the fall when the crate motor will be showcased at SEMA. I just wonder if they'll have it in any cars or not, or if but, they're just going to have it like no. I bet it'll just be on a stand. Like a stand. But here's the thing: if they make like a uh, a kit that you can just bolt it where your engine goes, yeah. Are you just going to bolt it and have a, a conversion to that said transmission? I mean, are you going to have to run a transmission? I mean, you got to think of the logistics of of setting up your drivetrain and all yeah. that. There's a, there's a lot of other variables about it. Did didn't one of you post uh, another electric motor that was like a drop in replacement for like a V8, like a small block Chevy or something? I thought it was like the same mount uh, mount lineup and everything. I thought I don't maybe remember. I just read it somewhere and never did share it. I, that sounds familiar because I think <clears throat> you then shared. About that resto mod shop that maybe old, that, that older maybe gentleman and yeah. his daughter were doing that like hot maybe rod, that's what it was and yeah. they put like the cover over top of the motor because it had like you know yeah. valve covers on it yeah it looked it looked like a it looked like a, a, yeah an old gas engine. or something yeah but it was powered by electric motor hmm. yeah and it says they're calling the motor illuminator with an E L um, the company did not reveal much in its teaser tweet apart from a few computer aided design images which is the one we showed. But this is enough to help us determine how big the motor is. At about 22 inches, That's 570 crazy. millimeters length, the motor could practically fit in any car. So your beloved car could be any model or make and would still be a fit for the, elect- the electrifying range or electri- electrifying change. So I guess, yeah, you could om- you could fit two of those bad boys in like the, a, a regular engine compartment up front maybe. And then, but you still got to figure out where you're gonna put the yeah, batteries. Yeah, but still, where you're gonna put the batteries? How's it going to actually connect to the heavy? Yeah, how how's it going to connect to the? Uh, and you're not going to get the, the same low center of gravity that you do with a modern electric right. car, but it still would be fun as heck to put that in some things. Well, I know. Like, and we're gonna see this. Like, oh, I mean, you're already seeing it with that uh, the one thing I shared, which I don't know if you guys watched all of that video, but the, what they're doing, they're doing some pretty cool stuff too. And then that one guy, <laughs> well, bless you. you. <laughs> it was just a sneeze. <laughs> Calm down. And then, uh, and then the one guy that you shared that's on TikTok that's been the, the is the, it the Chevelle? No, it's a um, Charger. Charger. But he's been he, but Snowflake. he was he was using Tesla. Uh, yeah, motors, he's right? got Tesla motor and subframe. Uh, that way he could just make it easier. But the way he did his batteries and stuff, that way he made it a perfect weight. So yeah. the car is balanced on all four wheels. That That's, thing's gonna be yeah. Nasty. That thing's pretty cool. I sneezed so hard it 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 did it hurt? It, no, it popped my back. Good grief! Like I like I felt my back pop. <laughs> it says, um, so you do not have to worry about spending hours modifying your drive. 
Oh, it says the good thing is that Ford Performance will support your shift as well. Um, so you don't have to worry about modifying your drive. A smaller question still remains about the battery, where you have to shop for it or will Ford supply that too. Then that's a good point. Maybe they would have like a battery pack or if they can make like a battery pack that would fit in like the size of like where your gas tank or like a gas tank shaped battery pack. Yeah, but you're only going to get such a small range out of that unless yeah. unless battery tech is like, unless they know something we don't. Yeah, who knows what they're working on. I mean, they're full. They got, they got more money than most of these other car places, so, or car companies. Um, the tweet also said that the motor will be available this fall, so it is likely that the battery support is also sorted out for this. We just don't know about that yet. Um, so, yeah, so it says come November, so I guess that's that when SEMA is. Well, I, I'm not sure. If you're not really happy about this one, you could always opt for the E-Crate from Chevrolet. I haven't heard of that. I haven't seen anything on that one. Either way, there are now options to take your electric car your car electric beyond buying a whole car see there, there's a whole it's awesome that they're doing this but there's a lot of holes yeah in like completing this yeah there's how, a lot of other how are you going to control the electric yeah. motor is yeah. it going to come with whatever oh, yeah. software or yeah. interface you know to have yeah. your accelerator there's a lot of other you know, things that are and then your, be, your bms i mean they're making it sound like oh you can just Take your motor out and swap in the. Yeah. No, you can't just swap it in. Like it, it would be cool if they made. It takes the, a lot of they, engineering. If they made the motor, then they made some kind of central control unit that would interface mm -hmm. between the motor, the battery, and your, you know, uh, steering and stuff like that. But that's, I mean, that you would. It's almost like a whole platform at that point. So. Um, you might as well just buy a Maki at that point. <laughs> be no. Yeah, it'll it. be interesting how they solve those challenges or how. The DIYers will right, solve yeah. that challenge coming forward. So, so the, I'm pretty sure I sent the link of that C10 truck yes. that that shop is doing yes. for SEMA. That thing's bad. Have you have is you it electric? Watched I've any watched, more of their videos at all? I have not had a chance, but I actually subscribed to their channel because they're doing some pretty awesome stuff there. Oh my gosh! Like the attention to detail is amazing. And that's going to be at SEMA. It's going to be at SEMA. Yeah. And, yeah, but and they're using probably one of the best Chevy models ever is that square body. I yeah. mean, is that the one that Peter McKinnon has? No, he, he has a Ford. He has a a oh, he's got the Ford step side yeah. or something, doesn't he? So SEMA is November second, November second uh, to to November fifth. Where is it? Is it in Detroit? Shoot, uh, usually no, in Vegas. It's in Vegas. It's in Vegas. Mm -hmm. Let's go. Let's go. Darren doesn't have any time uh, off. You got time off? You have you have to. Uh, you have to be invited. You have, you have to, to be have invited. Business or something too. We, yeah. we have a, we have cred, we have creds, man. <laughs> From interestingengineering.com, nuclear fusion is no longer science fiction. So there, then, there's been a lot of things that have covered this the last week. I think, um, uh, including this, but you know, we've seen some TikToks, we've seen a bunch of other things as well. Um, but the premise is, you know, of course. Um, you know, nuclear fusion, it could modernize the entire power grid with near limitless energy once they develop it to the point where it can be sustainable, which it's not yet. But this test, I guess, was a very, 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 very small scale of, uh, you know, demonstration, whatever you call it, that proves that it could be done. But what I don't understand is when they say nuclear energy or fusion energy, mm -hmm. When it started, it never stops. So, yeah. is this still running somewhere? No, no, no. A, so this this demonstration scale? wasn't 
it wasn't enough um, to power to sustain itself. To okay. ignite, yeah, to ignite to continually yeah. burn or whatever. But once you get, once you are able to do that, then it will just it just sustains itself and it actually produces more energy than what the initial energy took to start it. Um, whereas fission, fission is more, um, you know, uh, isn't that a crack? Well, nuclear fission is like, like what a nuclear power plant would be. Never mind. <laughs> I mean, it's a fissure, a fissure, a, a crack, a fissure, a fissure. It's a um, crack. So it says uh, scientists first demonstrated nuclear power seventy years ago. The second stage of nuclear power has remained just beyond our fingertips. Nuclear fusion power, while promising, the ETA on the technology required. To, uh, to develop and build viable nuclear fusion has remained decades away. Uh, and it says, until now, probably. <laughs> which, um, and it says, this company, uh, which, did it even, I think it's in here somewhere. It said, sorry. Holy it says, holy. they claim to have hit a milestone in the development of the new technology capable of generating power from nuclear fusion, um, according to a press release. Oh, TAE uh, technology, which, did it say what they, uh, they were, that stood for in here? Um, it says the fusion energy developer claimed its reactors might generate in, in energy at a commercial at commercial scales by the end of the 2020s, uh, using a novel ability to produce stable plasma at temperatures topping 50 million degrees Celsius. For comparison, this is more than twice the temperature of the core of the sun. So where are they going to house that? What, yeah, what wh- are they going to have? Because does it burn so fast? That it just it just dissipates so quick. Uh, is it is it also because the mass of the object that's burning at that temperature is not as intense? So you have the mass of the sun and it's whatever bazillion you know degrees Celsius, million whatever. That large mass burning at that temperature is obviously very very hot. But if you had the little tiny, you know. Grain of, yeah, what you know, rice. They said like a burning. It was like like the size of a pea. Whatever they, what was it like? How many lasers? Seven. A lot. Like, it's in here, but um. But does it have to do with the mass though? Like that. That way they can contain that kind of heat. Are we, or are they, setting us up for global catastrophe? Look, look, look! Hold on! Look at Chernobyl. What was the f- Fukushima or Fukushima? Fukushima? I mean, look at Fukushima. Look, look at that. Uh, just uh, what's, what was the one in the U.S. Three uh, Mile Island? Yeah, something like that. Three Mile Island. But but how are you going to contain something that hot? I don't care if it's yeah. I don't care if it's a grain of rice. Yeah, that's hot. Yeah. Well, what happens uh, if that <laughs> escapes and then triggers? And it does. It does. There's nothing everywhere. To stop it. There's nothing that you're ever going to stop it. We'll just be vaporized. Boom, done. And it doesn't get super deep into that part of it. But I was kind of thinking the same thing because there was also some stuff in here about there is waste. It does still produce waste that is still hard. Like there, it's just like a regular nuclear reactor that we have now for nuclear fission. It, 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 it you get depleted to plutonium. This also does produce waste. Um, that's Potentially just as bad, but maybe not at the same scale. Um, and it did say, like, you know, this was a proof of concept. Um, 
And it was based off of, uh, it says, because it's a proof of concept for a, for a lifetime of work from Norman uh, Rostoker, a co-founder of the firm who dedicated his life to advancing fusion energy research, yet Sally didn't, leave to, didn't live to see the crucial benchmark he helped to make possible. So um, it, it, I guess he wrote a paper back in 1990 talking about, you know, the, the theory of being able to do this, but the, te the technology just didn't exist until now. All, all I think, <laughs> all I think about is when in uh, Yahoo series, what was that movie, Young Einstein, and he was like, we split, we found out how to split atoms in beer and they create a nuclear device. <laughs> and he has to plug in his guitar and he's sitting there playing it. And his, oh, Why is he so random? I don't, it's not random. It's relative. <laughs> it is relative is to. It, is it relative, Einstein? Yes. <laughs> That's deep in thought. What you're talking about. You've, you've never, never seen, seen Young, Young Einstein? Einstein? Oh my God, it's Matt. Been, it's been a long um, time ago. What was that guy's name? It was name? a 244. Yahoo, Yahoo yeah, Serious. Yahoo Serious. That's right. A 244. 244. Um, <laughs> it says uh, multiple <laughs> companies and projects are pushing for nuclear fusion. Um, the latest machine is called Norman, so it was after this this guy. And it's an initial activation in the summer of 2017, the company employed machine learning, AI, from companies like Google, in addition to borrowing computing power from the U.S. Department of Energy to prove Rostoker's equations about nuclear fusion worked in real-world scenarios. So they modeled it first. Then, based off of that modeling, they were able to produce this uh, proof of concept, which is just, it's just ridiculous, right? Yeah. Um, it's, it's, a, it's crazy that we can model these things artificially without having to build anything physical to figure out what's the percentage that this actually will, you know, is, is this thing viable before they go and spend a bunch of money on building it, right? Well, what happens when, when our later article of Tesla's new supercomputer, yeah, uh, Dojo, if they were able to use that to make these equations... I think that in, in the case of Dojo, which we'll talk about, it's it was specifically built to do what they're doing. Okay. Now, that's not saying that they couldn't do that yeah, for something like it, this, yeah. right? But Tesla also said during uh, AI Day um, that they would uh, license the technology to other companies or maybe let them run on their computer. I don't know. Yeah, that'd be, that'd be pretty cool. Hold on, I got to apologize to Matt. I am sorry for how my brain works, okay? It you just, don't have to apologize for You do just, not have to apologize, hey, brother. Just, if if just, people don't like your diatribes and your tangents. What's and a diatribe? It's kind of <laughs> like God, big word when, you, when you kind of go off topic a little bit, um, but it's still loosely related. Okay. Like, this would be super dry if we didn't kind of spice it up with, like, a little bit of tangent every now and like, then. So, hey. It's just science, Matt. <laughs> just science. <laughs> it's it's educational infotainment. Right. Infotainment. Educational infotainment. That's all it is. We, we, we don't know what the hell we're doing. Not a clue. I'm not, I'm not a nuclear <laughs> physicist or anything. We just like reading about this stuff and thinking about it and then drinking beer and talking about it. Yeah. That's all it is. And you hope get to we, share it with us. We hope you like it, too. Um it says, uh, right now, the energy is super diatribes. tiny. Diatribes. Diatribe. Look okay. it up. Diatribe. Diatribe. Why can't it be pulled? It, it can be. <laughs> <laughs> it says, right now, the energy is super tiny. It's immaterial. It's a needle in a haystack. 
said Binderbauer in a TechCrunch report in terms of its energy discernibility, we can use it for diagnostics. But having proven the science, the next step for TAE is to develop the technology needed to create sufficient conditions for fusion reactor energy generation. So now they'll, they'll scale it up, right? Um, another project called ITER, 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 uh, is a gigantic 25 billion plus react, 25 billion dollar plus reactor under construction in France. Holy crap. The company aims to achieve its first sustained plasma burn no earlier than 2035. So we got end of the world 2035. Mark it here. It's kind of. Um, well, didn't they say that thing about CERN? Like the first yeah. time they ever ran CERN, they're like, oh, we're into the world. Um, once this is accomplished, the project expects another decade to pass before a completed electricity generating pilot plant may be unveiled to the world. So 2045. Considering the pattern of nuclear power's persistent delay from the near future to the slightly less near future and so on, in the context of sorely needed sustainable energy alternatives, for many, this just isn't soon enough. Yeah, I think we're going to be way down the renewable energy path at that point to where do we even need this then? Yeah, but... Maybe if, like for space travel or populating other planets? But if... Before this, we talked about that TikTok and that guy explaining how much energy yeah. came this off put of out. That's one. the scary part to me. Yeah. If you could get one of these online. You'd have enough energy for the world. And for the world. Some. Yeah. What, what, what do you say? 100 and, or 13, 13 million? 13. It produced enough energy. Off to, that millisecond. Uh, or yeah, whatever. off the millisecond. As 13 million nuclear reactors. Like, for that same amount of time and that same amount of energy, it would have taken 13 million nuclear reactors to, to match it. That's yeah. But but doesn't that blow your mind? Because, it does. But, but think of the I'm, – I'm thinking more gloom and doom. What happens when that goes bad? You're just – you're dead. What, Everybody's what, yeah. dead. What safety factors are going to be in place to stop something like that? How, or can how? you? How could you? That's Yeah, I don't know. I'm hoping, yes, but who knows? Are they going to douse it with fire <laughs> or baking soda? Grease uh, fire? <laughs> so this is where I was talking about that they're saying. Diatribe. There may still be downsides. Earthbound fusion reactors that burn neutron-rich isotopes have byproducts that are anything but harmless. Uh, energetic neutron streams comprise 80% of the fusion energy output of, is it, Deuterium or deuterium, tritium, yeah, reasons, and 35% of deuterium, deuterium reactions. I have no idea what that means, said Daniel Jessupe, Princeton Plasma Physics Lab, former principal physicist in a 2017 bulletin to the Atomic Scientist, Atomic Scientist's article. To Jessupe, to Jess, yeah, Jess B., some of the same problems faced by fission-based nuclear power could carry over to fusion power. So is this when, like, the Ghostbusters cross, cross the, streams. the streams? You never cross the streams, bro. Can't do it. Who knows, man? I mean, like, it's it's now, it's what, exciting, but it's also terrifying. What, what movies have talked about fusion in their space travel, like space travel movies. Oh, yeah. Been there, a, there's been, been a few. Yeah. I mean, I mean, but if if this could get to that point, 
to where I think that would be the that would be the application not on the Earth itself. Yeah, because if the fusion drive is super small and ever it never stops, right? Then, then you can and, have, and you're in space. So who cares? I mean, you're not really polluting if you're in space. I guess. Yeah. And, kind then, of, and then you have you have unlimited power for your <clears throat> shields, and they never go down shield. below 100 <laughs> percent. Warp drive. Warp drive. <laughs> From Electric.co, Tesla unveils Dojo Supercomputer, world's new most powerful AI training machine. So we um, we alluded to this a little bit when we were talking about, was it, I think it was 28, episode 28, we were talking about the Tesla has like the fifth most powerful mm. computer for AI training. And I think th- this one isn't, is it fully live or are they still kind of building it? I forget, but. Concept, I believe still, sort of. It will be, I don't know if it'll be the most powerful, but it'll be powerful, more powerful than the one they have now. Uh, but if you look at the, if you did you watch all or some of the AI? No, the AI I, day? I did. I wasn't you watched watch a lot of He was playing it. his video games on his phone. What was it? I was working. <laughs> Matt was in his Y watching it in his Y. It was like at 8.30 like at like night. A, like a true Tesla nerd. Yeah, he was a Tesla um, nerd. You should have TikTok that. Got Megan to record it while you were... Watching your Tesla AI day in your Tesla. Oh, God. What's up with the dog? Meow, it's so cute. Um, what the cool thing is, is like they um, they went into a lot of detail uh, during that about uh, what this thing can do, right? So during AI day, they, they had like, what, like three or four different presentations, and this is one of them. Mm-hmm. Um, so what they're saying is they've this will be the fastest AI training machine in the world, but they've specifically built it to train their self-driving AI. It's like specifically tuned and everything like that. So well, I don't know how that will rank globally against everything else. But being the jokester that Elon is, why wouldn't he name this Skynet or something like that? that you know what funny. I mean? It's probably trademarked or something. I don't know. <laughs> it might be. Um, but I it just just some of the words that they use in this in this article, like one quadrillion petaflops. And yeah. it's just like, it's it almost sounds just, <laughs> Made it's, up. It's a thousand petaflops. Uh, yeah, sir. Yeah, petaflops. I mean, a thousand. I know that's crazy. Um, <laughs> so it says they've they've been testing and developing this for uh, a while now, for years. It says um, to optimize their neural net video training, which you know they've recently got rid of the radar, so it's all visual uh, now using the camera based systems. Um, they are says they're handling an insane amount of video data from its fleet of over 1 million vehicles, which it uses to train its neural nets. And they found that um, they were unsatisfied with the current hardware and options to train its, options to train its computer vision neural nets are believed um, and believed it could do better internally. So they were using like probably cloud-based. Um, I think probably the biggest... If, if I were to pick one, like the best as far as like training, doing AI and stuff, it's probably Google. They have a lot of, they're probably the pioneer right now, the leader in that space, but I don't know if that's who they were using for sure. Um, but over the last two years, they've been testing the development of their own supercomputer called Dojo. Um, and then last year it says they even teased that it would have a capacity of over an exaflop, which is one quintillion floating point operations per second, or a 1,000 petaflops. It could potentially make, which it could potentially make Dojo's new, makes Dojo the new most powerful supercomputer in the world. Man, they, the way they word some of this stuff, it's like a tongue twister. 
And then at AI Day, they they talked about it even more. So I think they're still building it. But the cool thing is, is like they talk about like this is their like they built their own silicon. So when we're on silicon and the whole chip shortage and everything, right. and we've already seen Apple do it. Now Tesla's starting to do it. How many of these big companies? Google's doing it. Google's doing Tensor. it. Tensor chip that we just covered in the last episode. How many of these companies are just going to say, you know what? We're just going to make our own because we can make it specific for what we do. Yeah, that's a good point. I think we're going to move more and more towards that so that they get not just for the chip shortage perspective, but I think it's going to be because they can tune it to do exactly what they want it to do and be more performant, especially like when you look at like Apple's case and the case of this. Um, Apple designed that silicon to be has the best battery management for their hardware. Yes, it has the best um, um, uh, core ratio for whether it's a it's a GPU core or a CPU core or maybe they're interchangeable. The cache and the memory and the, the bus and the RAM, the, everything is integrated on that system on a chip. And it and it's exactly the way they want it, so that they can squeeze the every little last bit of performance out of it, battery life out of it, whatever. And it's probably cheaper um, in the long run. Right now, the investment upfronts, especially you know probably the M1, I'd say was super expensive. Yeah. But uh, I think as they develop it and iterate on it, it won't be as bad. Probably the same with the D1 chip. So, which the, the crazy thing is, is like. It's a seven nanometer tech, which like Intel is still at like fourteen nanometer. Really? They still haven't released a ten nanometer chip hmm. for consumer the consumer market. AMD Damn. is doing ten, and I believe maybe seven now. I think they just did seven. Um, you know, which is crazy. Um, but the the cool thing is like fifty billion transistors, eleven over eleven miles of wire. Um, on and that the, little tiny and the cool thing during the AI day, and I don't think it was in here, that 3D um, model no, that they showed it's, 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 is it's how down, they stack it. It's down it. a little okay. bit farther. So it's 362 teraflops, um, and I think that might be, I don't know what the BF-16, I think that maybe that's the the buses and things like that. or the float. So 22.6 teraflops floating point, 362 teraflops, uh, I, I don't know what BF and, and CFP are. I'd have to look up the, the diagrams. But 10, terabit, 10 terabits a second um, on-chip bandwidth and 4 terabits per second. So DIR, I don't know if it's direct, and then edge, which is off-chip, which is probably like the bu- like a bus type. 400-watt TDP, so total draw power. Total draw power? It's B-float, B-float? B-floating point format. Okay. According to Wikipedia. So that's probably just different. They would use those different pipelines for different calculations then probably. Um, and I didn't realize, I don't know why. It, it occupies 16 bits. So it says the B, B 16, float. 16 bit, yeah. And then 16, an 8 bit, and then they have a 32 bit. Okay. It Yeah, and it represents a wide dynamic range of numeric values by using the floating radix point. Crazy. I didn't realize this is the second chip that they've built. So, yeah, so the, the chips current, that are in our car, yeah, they the, built those. Yeah, they were originally were they originally Nvidia? 
Uh, I, don't, um, I don't know if they were NVIDIA. They were. I thought they were I using thought NVIDIA. They were, yeah, I thought for they were a while. using NVIDIA. For and then a while. they built their own for the cars. Well, there's two of them in our cars. Actually, there's two uh, chips, um, which they say that way because if you lo- if one were to go bad, you could still do everything off of one. Mm. Like it may so not be like as fast. Yeah, you may lose some capabilities, but there there are two. Um, yeah, so, uh, just, yeah. This is just, the second chip designed designed by the team after the FSD chip found in the FSD computer hardware three. So we we have three, right? Yes. But that ten go go back up a little bit. So I I was looking something up. Did you? I mean, that ten terabits a second on yeah. the chip. That's crazy. Yeah, that's a lot of bandwidth. Yeah, I don't know. Like compared to like an Intel or an AMD or. And Xeon or whatever, uh, like I don't know what that comparison would be because, I mean, again, this is a specially designed chip to do what they're their doing. artificial intelligence, machine learning. So um, are they stuff. going? Are they going to use some of this for their neural net for the the implant stuff? Uh, yeah, I don't know. I I don't think they mentioned it. Hmm. Yeah, so they talk about the scaling. So the TPU three V three, which is is that um. Is that what we have in our cars, I think? Yeah, total off-chip bandwidth normalized. Startups, I guess that means it's other places that are developing chips. G- GPU, um, which I guess maybe it's NVIDIA, AMD. And then you got Dojo. Like, It's like 5X, you know, 4 or 5X, everything else. Um, Tesla designed the chip to seamlessly connect without any glue to each other. And the automaker, yeah, because remember they, so, was, they had that... that so the bus for interconnecting the chips is it can be on any four of sides. Like it doesn't have to be just one side. Or it can be all they can use all four at the same time. So I guess the TPU V three is Google's. Oh AI that's Google's. Okay. Okay. That's their that's their uh current. It was uh, yeah, that, AI well, chip. that was back in uh, May. So that was probably what they were using before they made uh, before Dojo. Yeah, it's tensor processing unit. Tensor processing unit. Which makes sense since they're using a tensor chip in the and, new Pixel. And I and I use Google to find that Google <laughs> reference. Thanks, Google. Thanks, Google. Um, so they designed the chip to seamlessly connect without any glue. The uh, they took advantage of that by connecting five hundred thousand nodes together. That's crazy. Um, it adds the interface, power, thermal management, all to the same enclosure or chip or, or die or whatever you want to call it. Um, and it results in what, okay, they call it a training. Yeah, that's right. They call it a training tile. Yeah. Here's like the, uh, yeah. So you got DC in on the bottom and you got your power and control. Then it looks like uh, maybe like a, some kind of copper plate or something like that. Then uh, 18,000 amps, the compute plate, which has the actual chips in it. And then a heat, it says heat rejection, but yeah, like a copper plate to, to pull heat out. 15 kilowatt heat rejection. That's pretty crazy. I think the one I was talking about, I don't know if you, like, it was similar to that, but it was a little bit different. Um, but yeah, it says it results in nine petaflops training tile with 36 terabytes per second of bandwidth in less than one cubic foot format. That's crazy. And they're just going to just stick a bunch of the, like, they, they had like the... Uh, the stacks mm-hmm. of, you know, you've got like a server uh, rack, mm-hmm. and how many of the, like, and then they the 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 craziest the craziest thing to me was, 
the interconnectivity and the bandwidth between them. Because if your bandwidth isn't high enough, it doesn't matter how fast these things are. You can't communicate um, so, fast enough. But so, the, but that we're talking about where they can break down the they can break down the segments of the compute, and they don't have to break them down as much because these are so powerful. So hmm. wonder what kind of uh, yeah. There's a there's power, one of the tiles power consumption. These four four hundred watts total total draw, TDP is that total draw power. I think is what it is, but per chip. Right. That's what I'm saying. And then you've got a tile of right. however many on there. So so that goes to our article before. Yeah. If they have a small fusion reactor, <laughs> they could it. power it forever mm-hmm. and not ever have to worry about power because when they flip the switch on that sun gun, their power meters are going to go zzz. Yeah, and it says that they um, they only recently ran a neural network on one of the tiles. And um, then Kataram Manon appeared to even appear to even su- su- to surprise. Man, they, they need to proofread this stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, Andrej Karpathy, Tesla's head of AI, on stage by revealing for the first time that Dojo Training Tile ran one of his neural networks. Huh. Surprise! Yeah, it's super cool. Like here's yeah here's like so this is like the proof of concept I guess of a tile. So they haven't actually built this out yet, but they did show some like, yeah, so like training matrix, two by three tiles times two trays in a cabinet. And then you've got the exopod, which is like the the, the up at the top. So 1.1, is that exoflops? Mm-hmm. And uniform high bandwidth and low latency fabric. Like to me, like... The the training tile is amazing, but the the bandwidth and interconnects in between them to be able to handle that much processing power is even crazier. So, you know, we've had these AI training supercomputers for a while. Oh yeah, I feel yeah. like IBM, Google. A while yeah. ago, we we were talking about someone having like a portable system. You know, kind of. Big AI training computer. Yeah, wasn't it like um for like a, was it a training computer or was it like a little mini data center for like natural disasters and stuff like that? I don't remember. It was something. Like yeah, that. I'd have to go back and look at her. It was like notes. 24, 20, episode 24, 25. But yeah, it was a while like, back. I, I what no what all of a sudden, we're like, how, all, all these bright minds get together in the same room and like come up with this? Like yeah. how... It's it's usually why, why like now? a it's like, usually like a small group of people that incubate it. Why why and now? Then, I, I will tell you why now. Because aliens. the Pentagon released aliens. all the alien stuff. Elon's an alien. And a, Elon's and aliens. <laughs> they're they're all working together. They're like, well, we can only let this tech out right now. So here you go. Here's a little piece of nice, it. Nice steady flow. Nice steady flow. You can't make people get all suspicious and go, where the we're getting all this stuff from. It's just science, man. So what if the same just, what if the same people got in that room to figure out how to make the fusion energy? Exactly. Yeah, exactly. That's where it's coming from. You so know, could they so it, they could they hold, hold use on dojo have, to simulate the But dojo's nothing. Look, possibly if you get on TikTok, there's tons of people from the future telling <laughs> us what's gonna happen. It's there. <laughs> From electric.co, world's first autonomous 7-megawatt-hour electric cargo ship to make 
voyage with zero crew aboard, and I believe it's, it's this will be its first trip without a crew. I think right. they've done some stuff with crew, and and it and it, it talked about in the article that uh, there was like like thirty different stations that they were going to be watching it from when they did it. Really? Yeah, and I just it actually just popped up onto my news feed the other day, and I was Seven like. Yeah. Like, what kind of battery tech are they using? Did it say? Uh, Lots of Tesla batteries. Probably. But what was cool about this whole thing is, you know, the, the, why they're doing it. Right. And it was all just because it was one city delivering to another city and they had shorter distances and they had trouble getting it. So by them building this, they will take, away 40,000 trucks wow delivering in one year that's pretty cool so just by this one boat wow delivering can eliminate 40,000 semi trucks wow that's yeah. pretty cool and no Ooh. emissions and no emissions so how many jobs did that just cancel but that's mm. but that's or is there was there already a shortage and it's helping? But that's not what they're talking about. They're talking about the offput of diesel engines, yeah. And that's why I linked this article too. But because now you have all those families that don't have the income well, from their truck yeah. driving. You know what? They can start selling drugs or something. <laughs> oh my god! I'm just saying. <laughs> so it's called the uh, the company. It's a Norwegian company called Yara. I don't know if that's how you say it. International. And it um, Yaris. There's no S. Just Y A R A. But what does the fox say? Yaris is Y A R I S. <laughs> That's a diatribe. <laughs> <laughs> um, so it's the first zero emission ship that can also transport transport cargo autonomously. The Yara Brickland electric cargo ship was first conceptualized in 2017, but now looks to make its, make its first voyage with no crew members on board later this year in Norway. Um, they were, the company was founded in 1905 to combat the rising famine in Europe at the time. The company created the world's first nitrogen fertilizer, which remains its largest business focus today. In addition to its perpetual battle against hunger, Yara faces emissions abatement and sustainable agricultural practices. While the company wants to continue finding, finding success in feeding the planet, it believes it can also do so sustainably to combat toxic, Toxic sulfur oxides and nitrogen oxides emissions from diesel engines on the ships. The Norwegian company called Yara Marine Technologies uh, began conceptualizing the possibility of an autonomous, fully electric ship to rid of toxic emissions altogether. But today, the Yara Birkeland, Birkeland is afloat in Norway, named after the Norwegian researcher who discovered the ability to add nitrogen fertilizer. Now the electric cargo ship looks to complete its first journey without a single crew member aboard. That's pretty cool. So now they just need to make the tugboat that's going to pull them out electric because that'll even offset even more diesel emissions. Are those those, three um, more people out of a job? Are those solar panels on there? How do you know it's three people? How, (laughs) How do you know how many people it takes to crew a tugboat? I mean, there's I definitely, can't there's, definitely there's definitely going to be some labor displacement just, based off of the number of v, uh, trucks it would take to do this. Right. But are those are those solar panels? Uh, I think no. That's no. just all where the cargo. Because yeah. 
like walls. It, it said it said in here how many of those like shipping containers that it could actually haul, oh, okay. and I don't it's remember. Hard to see. I don't remember exactly how many shipping containers because this is a lot smaller boat than oh, here what go. they would normally do. Okay, there you go. Yeah. Yeah. So here's a here's a close up of it. So it also talked about in so the it's future, like basically hollow on the inside. So in the future, yeah, they also talked about autonomous loading and unloading. So there's some more jobs for you, Matt. Yeah, they just you, don't care about the people, do they? Yeah, you got the little uh, whatever that well, is, maybe whatever they that just is right there. Hang out and have like a little siestas robot. and stuff, you know. <laughs> just live life. Just live like a little robot uh, cargo container. Yeah. And carrier. then they were talking about the gantry cranes, like that, being all autonomous and being able to scan and pick up yeah. the right ones to move them. Yeah. Thank God that never happened in America. Yeah. It's, People <laughs> lose their jobs. Yeah. It says the loading and unloading of the ship will require humans initially. However, according to John Sletton, Sletton <laughs> plant manager for Yaris factory in, uh, Horsgrun, Norway. Yeah. I didn't pronounce it right. Most all operations will eventually operate autonomously. This will eventually include autonomous cranes and, and uh, straddle carriers that help move containers on and off the ship. The focus on autonomy. I know. I'm just reading it. The focus on autonomy lowers cost of operation for those transporting goods, while the fully electric cargo ship simultaneously battles carbon emissions. That's pretty cool. Nine hundred kilowatt. Yeah. So seven. Powering two megawatt hours. Powering two nine hundred kilowatt azipool pods. As well as two 700 kilowatt tunnel thrusters delivering a top speed of 13 knots, about 15 miles an hour. The current cargo capacity of the Yara Birkeland is 120 20 foot equivalent unit or 60 40 foot shipping containers. Hmm. I mean, that's, yeah. that's quite a bit of cargo, really. It was originally scheduled to start last year, but plans were shelved due to COVID. The COVID it's a, pandemic. It's a thruster. The thruster. So it's the actual the propeller of the boat is called as 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 a pool thruster. So it has two mm. of those on there. So they're electric. Wonder how big those sons of guns are. That's crazy. I mean, like, I know it says how big they are. They're nine hundred kilowatt, but how <laughs> big are they? Yeah. I don't know. The motors themselves. And it probably, says, like you said earlier, pretty big. Will help to displace forty thousand truck journeys a year. That's crazy. That's a lot. It's pretty cool though. From the WallStreetJournal.com, Amazon plans to open large retail locations akin to department stores. Um, online shopper Pioneer wants a larger retail presence to sell clothing and household items and because facilitate exchanges. So right now you can go to well around here you can go to Kohl's. Kohl's yes. Um that if, is very if, handy. if it works. Like I went to one I went to one and it was like oh our system's down. I'm like okay. Um isn't, so, isn't this weird? Isn't this seem like it's a big cycle? Like we had brick and mortar, then we went online, all these brick and mortar places closed. Now the online companies are building brick and mortar. Look. Bezos had to give up half of his income to his wife, and then he needs that extra like twenty billion dollars to put him on top more. I, I so it. I get it. Um, you, you just got to no. But he he scratched the itch of going to the upper atmosphere. He wants to get into space next. Uh, yeah, 
he just, he just, he just, it was just the tip. Just, just the tip. <laughs> it was. It says Amazon is stepping up its move into bricks and mortar retail, an area once dominated by department stores like Sears, which we we were just talking like is that was like is that a Sears like, and they just threw the Amazon logo on there. It's hard to tell, but kind of looks like it. Um, let us know if if you know for sure what that what that picture was. Let, let us know. Was it a Sears? Was it a what'd you say? Yeah, that Kmart. 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 Are you sure Kmart, Kmart was that, that old? old. Yeah. What was um Swallens? Swallens. Ooh, I forgot um, about Swallens. I don't know. Depends on where it was too. What part of the? It says it was from a. Well, it was an illustration. And a photo. I mean, they definitely photoshopped that, right? Um, especially because it's black and white, and Amazon's in blue or whatever. But it says the uh, they plan to open several large re- physical retail locations in the U.S. that will operate again to department stores, blah blah. A step to help the tech company extend its reach in sales of clothing, household items, electronics, and other areas. People, how will that help them extend it? I mean, uh, I, I think why? It, I think it'll be so. They have all the uh, lockers and stuff at certain places. Yeah, like Walmart. Like and- Walmart. And, and and I think it would give them another place to, well, instead of us shipping it to you, we already have it at the store that's yeah. located. And you could use it as a you, pickup location. You could location. just use it as a pickup well, location. Yeah. And But because in the article it says they're going to be at 30,000 square foot. And most department stores are in the 100,000 or so. Okay. So it being yeah, yeah. so much reduced in size, what can they actually carry, you know? It says they're going to do top consumer brands. Okay. So I well, guess maybe the, highest, the higher, highest end, higher rated stuff. Or highest rated stuff. I mean, yeah. But I mean, but, I, yeah, but I mean if you had if you were if you knew what you wanted and you didn't need to see it or touch it or whatever, are you going to go to the store? No, the I'll just order it on Amazon you, and, and then get, get it, it the next day or, or two days or or let's say it's you know five o'clock at night, and I know I need this. And yeah, all of a sudden I was like, "Oh crap! I need this. I could run there and get it because you yeah. know I I don't I don't I don't shop at, at stores. I hate I don't like I yeah. hate to go into stores. We're, we're ruined. <laughs> you know I mean, and and you know COVID happened and and we were getting deliveries in a week instead of two yeah. days, and we were spoiled. And it was like this is horrible, but. Yeah. There is something about going into a store and actually physically putting your hands on something. Yeah. I I am a very horrible shoe person. Uh, I have to try on yeah, shoes. I, agree. I have to try clothing. I ha- yeah. yeah I, I won't buy last time last if it, a t shirt maybe. I ha- yeah. I have I have jeans that I had fifteen years ago <laughs> because I hate getting jeans. Yeah. Last time I went for shopping, I I almost had a panic attack. I tried on 27 different pairs of jeans and left with two pairs. Yeah, just because you just like to fit. At least you left with two. Because they they have to fit. My waist is smaller than my thighs are. And I have to have room for my thighs. And then the pants just fall off of you. And then you got to wear your belt so tight. And it's just, it's a a pain. And I don't like to shop. I don't like... Well, they have like it was Amazon wardrobe or whatever, but still, and, like and they're, I, not, they're not going to send you twenty-seven different periods. No, they will. But will they, they will. They will. Because but then I, you could take them back to so, the store. Or so here's like so them. here's what I did. I needed new shorts for work, so I ordered from Amazon. Oh, wardrobe. you did. Yeah, it was really cool. Gave you seven days to try them out. I tried on uh, two of the pairs, 
They were the same brand, mm-hmm. uh, just different colors. Uh, they fit great. One pair Kept didn't. Uh, just took them back to Kohl's. There you go. Okay. That's cool. Paid for the other two. What I mean, do they do with those when you returned it? Like, especially because it's clothing. Well, they just probably just. I don't think he wore them to work. He just no, no I'm just saying, like, I mean, I mean, Kohl's, if you go into the dressing room or whatever, it's they're going to put un- them right back out. It's anyway. not underwear. Yeah, I know. Or but, swimsuits. Yeah. Or, I, I, no, I get it. I mean, <laughs> it's just weird to me. Like, they, yeah, they, why would they go? They were the internet. That was their whole thing. We yeah. sell books online. We guess, sell this online. Everything's like online. Like the the, gro- the 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 grocery store things. Oh like, yeah, I would. Well, they, I guess they could do that with these too, where it's all everything is not like with thirty thousand square foot. Yeah. I think they want to get into like furniture. Yeah, maybe stuff that's harder to ship, or just couches. But, but they could also use these for like, or part of it for like warehousing. Not thirty thousand square not feet. Not with no. the thir- unless they unless yeah. it is a hundred thousand, and then just they're 30, using thirty thousand for the showroom. Yeah. But you know, there's so many. I mean, right here in Monroe, we got a one point four million square foot Amazon warehouse. Amazon right. warehouse, but they're only large items. Ah, uh, okay. So you know, Elizabeth. Then there's one like, is there one in downtown Cincy? Or is there well, no, uh, there's one in Springdale or Spring Springdale. Springdale Springfield. That Springdale. that gets. I guarantee you, Elizabeth's brother ships almost all your packages from, from that one. So <clears throat> it says that the first locations will be Ohio and California. Why Ohio? Because of is the it just big ass warehouse we have in Monroe. Well, big, or is it just because it's like a Midwest located and it'll be easy? Because we're awesome. That's why. Well, they they have data centers in Ohio, but yeah. that shouldn't that has nothing really to do with this. I'm just wondering why. Well, didn't they just open up the new um, air terminal in CVG? Yes. Maybe so. Maybe that's why. Since that's there, it's, it's easy to get stuff to it. I don't know. It just. And, I, and I mean, I'm not going to complain. I, I mean, I don't know if they'll. I mean, they say Ohio. That could be anywhere. Yeah, yeah, yeah. by us. I guarantee you, it'll be Cleveland, Columbus, Columbus, Cincinnati. and Cincinnati, or you know, some or Toledo. Maybe that's I true. Don't, <clears throat> so it, it says it's unclear what brands they will offer in the stores. <laughs> Although the company's private label goods are expected to feature prominently, the people said uh, the people said we don't know who those people are because it didn't say. Amazon sells scores of products, including clo- clothes, furniture, batteries, electronic devices, many of its own labels. The plans aren't yet final and could change. These people said so. This is I don't know what their source is. They didn't. They didn't. They didn't give it. But. <laughs> um, so this represents an evolution in the company's effort to move into brick and mortar retail after years of taking market share from other big box operators, uh, moves that helped to push many into bankruptcy. Yeah. The company's growth in online shopping helped accelerate the fall of mall operators and other once prom or once potent physical store empires. Um, they are now the largest seller of clothing in the U S I did not know that surpassing yeah. Walmart, according to Wells Fargo, founded in 1994 as an online bookseller, which we most of us know, Amazon gradually gained a foothold in the physical retail space through the opening of bookstores, so at grocery outlets and other physical spaces. So, And then they bought Whole Foods in 2017, which those are a bunch of those. But it just seems super weird to me. Like, Yeah, why would you, unless you're just trying to complete that full circle. Yeah, and it says and, that and the, have the, this every, is something like this is something that has been struggling for a while because yeah. of Amazon. I, I don't I don't and, feel like that's and a, Walmart. A and, good financial I mean, unless they're getting these 
physical yeah. buildings that they're going to move into for like pennies on the dollar. Well, Why look, would you want to invest in drive, these? Drive through most any town yeah. and look at all the empty warehouse department stores that are not there anymore because of Amazon. So yeah. they're probably but just... But is that in a part of town where you want to put I, your I Amazon don't, store? I don't know. I mean... I don't, I don't understand why they would want to go to brick and mortar unless it is like a logistics thing. And, you know, for certain like bigger items like TVs and what, and, and, and furniture or something. I mean, I do like being able to see something in person sometimes depending on what it is, but like, I don't, other than the grocery store or maybe Home Depot, I don't, I haven't been to like inside of like a Best Buy or... The last micro center a couple of times. The last time I was in a Best Buy is because I had to get a TV for work. Yeah, I mean when I bought our TV for the podcast, I just ordered it online. I mean it doesn't anything special, and they they don't like they're so they they carry so few models now. If you want something sp- particular, you probably got to order it and have it delivered. Right. And, yeah. I don't know. I, maybe this they're setting up plans for global domination. Well, well I think that's. It. Already, that's, yeah, that's already there. But, um, like the drone deliveries, like yeah. they're going to need somewhere for those drones to deliver from, or autonomous vehicle deliveries, yeah. or like uh, this is has to be a broader part of their ecosystem. Right. Maybe it doesn't, and this could yeah. be completely off. But like that would make no, more that sense. Would, that to would me. that would make a lot more sense. But I don't know. Or maybe they're just thinking that that physical retail space will be super cheap because of COVID and all these other places going out of business. They can just get it super cheap and but why not? Let me, let me bring this up to you. Okay. I, I click list. I know you guys click list for Kroger, right? Uh, well, we, we have, okay. but we'll, we'll do like the Amazon fresh or and we're, I'm just waiting for the Kroger delivery service to it's, go live. It's, to it's live. It's still beta. You, you have to be invited. You can't just use it and not I everybody thought, can use it I yet. Thought, Cause I have the option to use it. I don't. It's okay. not. Yeah. I see their trucks all over Montgomery. I see oh, them. All, I so see them down. The, I see them up and down the road. My street. Did you I don't see? Have the do you here. drive by there at night and see how many trucks are yeah, sitting there? Probably a hundred. But but, where was I going with this? <laughs> anyway. Okay. You said click list. Click list. Okay. How many times have you used a click list? And you get exactly what you need. You don't have to go in the store. Yeah, you always do like one or two things. when you go in the store, you spend more money. Yeah, that's true. You spend more money because you're like, oh, I didn't even think about getting yeah. that. And then you put it in your cart. And maybe that is where they're going that's with this. Because, because with ClickList, we make, we, we make our meal list every week. Or, well, Elizabeth does, and she asked my help for a couple things. She makes a click list. We pick it up on Sunday. We got the week food for that week. Yep. And we save a ton of money because we're not just buying, oh, we'll buy this and this, and then we'll make something. No, and then we'll call and get something DoorDash or Uber Eats or whatever. So physically going to the store, you spend more money. So maybe that's why they're going to say, okay, well, these people order online. If we have a store next to them, then maybe they'll just go in there and like, oh, I need I need a new USB-C to lightning yeah. port cable. 
and, and, and just and it could be those things that because they have all the information from the surrounding area purchases that that store is going to stock these things because these people within they, this radius they, got, they have all the data. Yeah, they have all the data. Now, yeah. now when I open Facebook, I'm going to have a USB-C to Lightning <laughs> Port ad for <laughs> for what? For just because? Just because. From Intel.com, we have the technology solution to the power grid's battle with climate change. No. Don't want to take your survey. Thank you. Oops. Um, yeah. So so Intel and I didn't I didn't even know they were doing Shoot, stuff like just this. Took it. Just see what it says. Just see what it says. You know. Um, yeah, I didn't know they were doing stuff like this. So um, Mike Bates, who is the worldwide general manager for energy at Intel Corporation, which yeah, again, I didn't even know they had an energy division. Um, it's pretty cool because he talks about he's like when the when the Texas power. Gr- Power crisis happened in February of this year. Um, a lot of people had no power, crazy blackouts because of the freezing temperatures, massive electricity generation failure. Um, certain areas of the grid, like hospitals, remained illuminated to support critical infrastructure, but this also meant that nearby empty skyscrapers kept power that otherwise could have been redirected to residents in their homes and others who needed it. And it says, you know, these problems aren't limited to Texas, of course. Um, We've got all the wildfires going out on the West Coast, threatening the power supply of millions, forcing the energy system to adapt fast. We're seeing more frequent severe weather events due to impacts of climate change. You have hurricanes, tornadoes, like a lot of localized stuff. And it basically says when the crisis strikes, one of the most important elements for recovery is having the power back on and having it being reliable. However, our outdated energy grid lacks the ability to direct energy where it is needed the most during these crises. Instead, current solutions to mitigate the outdated grid include turning off energy lines and implementing rolling blackouts to avoid further devastation. But those solutions are unsustainable, archaic, and a little, and of little comfort if you're reduced to boiling water over an open fire. Um, the current energy grid structure is vulnerable and difficult for providers to navigate. It was built to support a one-way flow of mostly carbon-based power from centralized sources. It doesn't have the ability to quickly pivot in times of need or to support the 100% renewable energy critical to meet global climate goals like President Biden's proposal to create a carbon pollution-free power sector by 2035. We must move to renewable energy sources and build a smarter grid. For this, Intel has created a technology solution to drastically simplify the grid, making it more dependable, adaptable, and efficient. Um, and they talk about the increased usage of renewable energy sources. Um, you know, to mitigate climate change, we need a grid that can better support renewable energy. Not only will these sources create a clean energy future, but they are distributed at the edge of the grid and across multiple areas. So it's a more distributed model instead of it being, you know, the, you get the large generation plants and peakers and stuff like that. The result is a more resilient grid that is no longer dependent on power sources in a central location that can create potentially devastating bottlenecks in a time of emergency. We also need a smarter grid, of course. Um, it must support omnidirectional flow, both from and to the source of generation, which renewable energy sources require, and balance for intermittent energy like solar and wind in real time. This gives the energy provider the flexibility to distribute energy where and when it is most needed, while giving customers the information needed to make environmentally conscious and cost-effective energy choices. The transformation to a smart grid may seem daunting, but our solution drastically simplifies it. Ambitious climate action has already turned the electricity 
the electric delivery model upside down and the industry is currently going through a rapid and massive evolution. And then they kind of, uh, they have this infographic, which I thought was really cool. So, and I, we've talked about this pieces and parts here and there and other articles uh, like the microgrid stuff and so, like, the battery storage. But I wonder, I wonder like, you know, cause we have covered the smart, uh, panels and smart meter stuff um and basically you know our whole grid in the united states was built in the early 50s and we still run by that it's 2021 you know yeah but i don't understand without running a crap ton more wires and and other stuff and overhauling the whole system i don't see how they're going to implement stuff because of you know, are you going to have to have every everywhere you have a transformer, you're going to have to have this smart certain thing right. that has to be connected to power, has to be connected to Wi-Fi. Uh, I mean, will it turn into like 5G generation stations that everything can be in, interconnected because they have to put these there? I mean, the possibilities are endless. Yeah. But. Yeah, hmm. I think that's kind of what they're getting to is like, how do we transition from where we are today to where we want to be maybe in 20, 30, 40, 50 years, what, are the, what does the interim look like? And I think that's kind of what their, their technologies are hoping to help with. Because if you look at like this diagram, you know, they've got all the traditional stuff on the left. You've got your, your power generation, whatever that's coming from. You've got your transformer, your transmission, mm-hmm. your substations. substations. But then the, the stuff in the yellow. So you could have like, and I, and I think I talked about this before because – um, you're, you're seeing places like out West and things like that, that are building their own microgrids when they build a new community, maybe, or maybe a new business park where they all have solar and you're still going to need some kind of cutoff or substation or some kind of, uh, I don't know, maybe it's IOT or you definitely gonna have to have like a smart meter. But if the power were to go out on the grid, if there was some kind of localized battery storage for that microgrid, like the the stuff we covered in the last podcast, yeah, the um, I think that's where they're trying to how how do they how do they help with that um, for but, the microgrid and and even like uh you know just segmenting out the grid more and more, but also you know you've I I think on on another level you know I I always liked these books that made you start to think like I, I, one of my favorite books is, is, uh, one second after by mm-hmm. William R. Fortune. And it, and it is all about a high, uh, uh, a nuclear bomb set off high in the atmosphere over top of the United States. It kind of like, uh, destroys all the electronics. It, it destroys stuff. all your electronics and everything. So when is the point? <clears throat> Cause you can't make all this stuff hardened. Well, it's going to be very difficult. It's going to take a long time. <laughs> exactly. So so what happens when, oh, well, we got this whole new grid that's all ran by internet and and, and super electronic, and then... It has know, to be secure. Yeah. It has to be secure. How are you going to keep that from happening? I mean, even yeah. even with, with how our stuff is now, a, a nuclear bomb... In the upper atmosphere yeah. with the EMP shock, yeah, you, would yeah, take not, out everything. It, you're right. Hmm. Yeah, that's a that's a concern. It's always going to be a concern, I think, especially as we move forward with more of this stuff. 
Um, sorry about that. I'll, I'll just cut it out when I stopped. Tell them we're almost done. Tell them we need like five minutes. They've been up there for like 20 minutes, I would think. So it says, um, Intel technology is the key enabler for smart grid solutions. So the team at Intel has been working on a first-of-its-kind compute solution that can easily be deployed into existing infrastructure to create a smarter grid and readily adapt to changing energy consumption needs. Um, it says they're going to use artificial intelligence and the Internet of Things technologies uh, into this, uh, integrated into the system to flatten the grid and allowing the market to determine the highest and best energy source, regardless of its physical location on the grid, a flat grid enables 100% adoption of clean, renewable, and intermittent energy to be integrated into real-time energy markets. And it will help be able to control where the energy might need to go, like if it's a hospital or a residential area. or Because, you know, a lot of places, like a lot of cities, if it's in the middle of the night and you have an office building, there's probably nobody in it. Like, yeah, turn the power off to that and divert it to yeah, the residential but- stuff. Okay, so you say turn the power off to that. Well, but what yeah. if what if what if say it's Tesla and they're running their dojo yeah. <laughs> and they're computing and then all of a sudden you turn their power off and ruin? Well, I would hope they would be able to identify uh, like, hey, this is a more of a higher priority. Uh, yeah, I get you. But your but chance. but even even like, I had to leave my computer running last night because I was uploading You're something to and to then, YouTube, yeah. and if they shut my you know, part of my service off because I, I yeah. was asleep. I gave you a battery backup. Battery backup ain't going to last. <laughs> it lasts you like five minutes. Yeah, for five, um, yeah. But, but, no, but no. you know, there it. there's a whole bunch of logistics that, that they need yes. to figure out before they start doing this. Well, because part of the AI. But I can't yeah. even, you know, I can't fathom how Intel's just like, oh, well, we got a solution for this. What is yeah. it? Yeah. Because it's all like, it's, <laughs> This whole article was like, well, hearsay here and hearsay there. And, yeah, they, and they didn't give substantial, like, oh, this is exactly what we're doing, other than the artificial intelligence stuff and the IoT stuff and things like that. So, yeah, I, I wonder if it's something that they're still developing or it's just like a very small scale at this point. But but uh, they're obviously probably not the only ones working on this stuff. I mean, there's got to be a bunch of other stuff. Like we talked about Form Energy last podcast. And their um, is it iron, iron oxygen iron yes. air, or iron air batteries? Yes. You know, which is like iron, water, and air is all it uses. Yeah. And it uses the rust, the uh, creation of rust, and the and the reverse of that to generate electricity. But it was only for, um, it it was uh, it was only for energy storage right. on the grid level. Right. Like you get something like that, and if Intel can help control or or help 
of them in that respect, right. and I can see that. If it sees like a brownout starting to happen, it can yeah. go, okay, here's a little bit of power from here yeah. to help that. If the software knows, but it, maybe it can prioritize what should get power and when, and it knows what it can safely d- take power away from. Okay, but, but also, you know, like, is your furnace going to have to have one of these special things on it? Like, yeah. like I get $4 off a month off my electric bill because I have a unit that says during our peak uses, they can control, they can control and, and, oh, really? and turn. And I have one for my water. You heater get $4 too. off a month. Yeah. Isn't that awesome? Why did you even sign up for that? <laughs> because it happens so rarely. And when it happens, it's always in the summer. Yeah. Well, if they shut my water heater off, I have geothermal. Yeah. I don't care. I have water heater from my geothermal. <laughs> so it says that um, they've been collaborating on this. They've been working with governments, businesses, <laughs> and utilities around the globe to implement these smart grid solutions. So it's it's it's, it's a collab thing. In Europe, they're working on they're working uh, with eight major electric suppliers to develop a flexible, manageable smart grid called the Edge for Smart Secondary Sub- Substation Alliance (E4S). In the United States, we're working with Southern California Edison to transform electrical substation relays into virtualized applications, decreasing deployment and maintenance costs while providing cybersecurity services for there a more flexible, safe, and modern grid. In Malaysia, we're collaborating with uh, Tanega uh, Nasional Beerhard on the digitization of its electrical grid with a focus on virtualized computing infrastructure and applications to the substation and grid system. Uh, increasing renewable energy consumption and enabling clean, en- clean energy options is a key part of the sustainability pillar in Intel's RISE strategy, capital R-I-S-E. But reinventing the grid is a challenge that is too big to tackle alone. Yes, I think if you talk, you think about this in the context, like you know, we talked about those um, those smart uh, um, electric panels, mm-hmm. and then you get like a smart meter, because when you think about it, as more people get electric cars, yeah, but I have a power smart meter. Walls. Yeah, but I mean, like one that you could actually turn a breaker off from your phone. Now that would be awesome. Because if you have a smart breaker panel, a smart meter, you got a Tesla Powerwall electric car, or or whatever, any kind of electric car. I mean, just think about in 10 years, how many electric cars are going to be sitting in garages with a 100 kilowatt power, 100 kilowatt hour yeah. battery pack or or around that, 75 to 100. And, and hopefully they'll do what Ford did for their lightning. Yeah. And make it to where you can power your house in yeah. case of an emergency. So if you like, if you live in a community or an HOA or a neighborhood and you, you can opt into like a local microgrid, and you can say, well, I have an electric vehicle or I have two electric vehicles. If the power were to go out, I am willing to give you 30 or 40% of my battery to help other people who may need it during that power outage. Like, like, but you, you everybody has to have like a smart meter and the grid has to be able to understand so that. That, goes, that, that also goes back to 15 episodes ago <laughs> yeah. where we were talking about these building – a, a community that is all smart connected yeah. and everything. And, and why aren't these builders, you know, going ahead and doing yeah. all this stuff? They probably are just not around here yet. But, and what, so what to, to, do you I, think? I don't, I, but I, I honestly don't think that 
the Internet of Things is connected enough. I mean, mm. right now, let's see. Right now, I pull up my smart home. Yeah. I have 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15, 16, 17, 18, 19, 20, 21, 22, 23, 24, 25 apps. Oh, yeah, to control To everything. control everything. Yeah. And I don't have everything on my home assistant that is integratable into right. that. So until we have a standard like a USB-C, okay, here's... Electric vehicle charging electric standards. Ve- yeah, electric vehicle charging. <laughs> yeah. Until we have all these standards, this Super is not going to happen. It's it, the, yeah. the logistics of this is never going to happen until yeah. a lot of people go... We got to have this. We got to have, have this. standardization. We got to have standardization. We're going to be have to do this, 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 and this. Yeah. You know, quit, quit being. You know, I, I got to be for themselves. I got to be for themselves. Let's go yeah. ahead and make a global. You know, and and it'll probably never happen. You know, I mean, because or it'll be a while. Yeah, it'll be a long time. I mean, I can understand Tesla doing it because they were like one of the first ones, right? And so there wasn't a standard. They kind of had to come up with whatever, right? But I think eventually there'll be some adoption, hopefully. Yeah, but, but do you but, think in the next but do you 10 want, years we'll start seeing new communities built with that kind of tech, like a probably, microgrid? Yeah. Uh, like, and would you pay extra to live in one of those communities? Uh, I I would mm-hmm. until it breaks. <laughs> until it breaks. You know, and until you ask her she, who shall not be named, <laughs> you know, to do something. And she yeah. goes, and, and this is something that you've had – a routine set up for two plus years and it's like I don't know how to complete that. And you're yeah. like Yeah, or you gotta switch out your hub because it's no longer supported yeah. by the manufacturer and then there's no migration from the old hub to the new hub. Exactly. And you have to set up reset up all your smart routines. And you haven't done that in two Thanks, Phillips Hugh. And you haven't done that in two years. You know, no and you're like, Well, how the hell did I set up all that stuff? Yeah. It first until, world problems. It, yeah, first world problems and and but until you have a full standardization. I mean, look, you got a Dell there. It has certain things in it. Mm-hmm. You go get a Chromebook. It has certain things in it. Yeah. There is no standardization because Not enough, if, yeah. if there was a standardization, no company would be able to compete because everything would be equal. I think, yeah, in some respects, I think we need, we have to have some, some basic, common denominator level of standardization for certain things. But then you have this brilliant mind that comes up with this next greatest yeah. thing. And because of our standardizations, they can't do it. Yeah, that's that's the so so that's it, the balance. You don't want to stifle innovation right. by putting too much regulation on the standardization. So yeah, it's it's a it's a fine line. Mm. Yeah. It's a good point. Yeah, it's it, it, I mean that's that's been a constant thing probably since the industrial revolution, right? I yeah. mean, yeah, it's cool. I'm glad to see, I, I'm, ha- I'm, I'm excited to see where this goes. I think it could be, um, it's definitely going to help in some way, shape or form. Like again, how mu- how fast will they be able to move forward with this? It's going to like, it's going to depend on a lot of what you said. So right. <laughs> that's going to wrap it up for episode 31. Thank you so much for tuning in. If you're watching on the video <laughs> broadcast, or if you're listening to us on your favorite podcast platform, we do greatly appreciate it. Um, we will uh, be back for episode 32 in just a couple of weeks. And we'll also uh, have a new beer drop episode coming up this month as well. 
If you haven't checked out our beer drop review episodes, please go and check those out. We just had one post earlier today, which today is Friday the 27th of August. But without uh, further ado, or diatribes, or rants, or anything else, any last words, Darren? Uh, Check out our tech talk. Oh, yeah. DABshow.com. Matthew? Love you guys. Love you. Peace. See you in a couple of weeks. Bye, everybody. Be good. Bye.